Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to my favorite Islanders game from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. This is the podcast where New York Islanders fans share the stories of their most memorable game experiences. We have a short but very cool slate of calls today. If you would like to share your favorite Islanders game with us, our number is 646-980-8857. You can call anytime, day or night, leave us a message. We're looking for stories that are personal to you. They don't necessarily have to have been uh, your favorite game in particular, but if it's meaningful to you, if it's something that crazy happened, you can't believe you saw it, uh, if it was your first game, if it was your last game, uh, we want to hear about it because that's what this show is all about. Okay, let's get right into it. Our first call tonight comes from a personal friend of mine. You may know him from Lighthouse Hockey. You may know him from his site, The Cap Space. You may know him from Twitter. You may know him from his guest appearances on Islanders Anxiety. He is Carrie Haber, and he calls and tells us the story about the first game that he saw as an Islanders fan and how it cemented his fan status. So take it away, Carrie. Hey, this is Carrie from Lighthouse. Uh, I'm calling to tell you all about my favorite Islander game. It's actually a game that no one probably remembers. Uh, the game took place on November 2nd, 1996. 
was against the Washington Capitals at the Coliseum, and it was my first game. I was six years old at the time, an impressionable young Islander fan uh, who has spent the 23, 24 years since living through the ups and downs of what this team has to offer. Uh, but the Islanders that night, they, they won 6-1. to one. Uh, Zicky Palsy, who was my favorite player as, as a kid, scored twice and I think had a few other points to go along with it. And, um, yeah, it was just the first of a, a very long and, and roller coaster of an adventure that I've had with this team in person. And, and that's my favorite Islander game. Thanks. Thanks, Carrie. That was really cool. Uh, I'm very impressed whenever somebody knows the exact date uh, of their first Islanders game. I wish I could remember mine. I can't. Uh, it would have been easier probably if uh, if I grew up uh, during the internet age, but uh, I did not. So I have to guess. But uh, I also love hearing when some kind of like innocuous regular season game is the first game that somebody remembers going to and that just made them a fan for life. It's kind of funny how any any game of the week can be that fan's favorite game and, and can be the one that made them a fan. So uh, thanks a lot. That was really cool. Our next story comes from Mark. Mark is a second-time caller, and his call is about Game 6 against the Florida Panthers in the playoffs that uh, I'm sure everybody listening to this remembers quite well. Uh, and it's about sort of becoming united in these glory moments and how generations can come together whenever there's a glory moment like that. And I, I ask you to turn down uh, your personal animosity for the guy at the center of this particular game because uh, Mark is right about this, and, and it's a really cool story. So let's hear from Mark. Hi, Dan. This is Mark from Glendale. Second-time caller, long-time listener. I want to talk to you about another game. Seems like a lot of people have been ducking this one. Probably one of the biggest games of my life in any sport. Game six against the Panthers in 20, uh, the 2016 playoffs. Um, but whatever, we'll start off with this, no matter what we think of Tavares after what happened on July 1st, 2018, the, everything he did before that happened, and we should always remember it and honor it, and this was his biggest night, and for a lot of us, Tavares was our everything, and this meant so much because of what that happened that night, and what he meant to this franchise. As everybody remembers, this was a dismal game. We're down one nothing. Wait, wait, very late in the game. And then Puck gets squirted. The Islanders get played with the empty net. Puck squirts across the crease. Luongo lays down. He thought he had it covered, and there he was. Tavares coming in to score that goal. Poking, in, poking into the open net. Ties the game. Place goes absolutely bananas in Brooklyn. Um, my nerves were completely shot after celebrating that goal, so I went during the intermission, I had to go sit in the uh, sit in the corner of a staircase in the Barclays Center by myself, just trying to calm my nerves, crouch down, knees tucked into my chest, and just kind of rocking myself to back to normalcy. What a goal that was. So now we go to double overtime. Again, we know what happens. Tavares picks up the puck after Luongo went out way wide to try to stop him on the left side of the goal. Tavares gets it, skates around the back of the net, does that backhand wraparound to win the win the game. Win the series, first time in forever. Islanders won a playoff series. It was that guy. It meant so much, not just to the team that they won a series. It meant even more because it was Severus that did it. And you could tell, you know, everybody knows what happened after that. The celebrations were epic. Big, big night in Brooklyn. Everybody's hugging everyone everywhere. One point in moment for me from that celebration 
Uh, one of the guys I was, I've had moments as an Oilers fan. I'm, in, I'm closing in on 50. Granted, the last time I had a big moment was Ferraro to Volick. That wasn't the night before I graduated college. But there were a lot of younger fans that never got anything out of this team. And there was a guy who had to see shared seasons with his dad sat right in front of me up in section 217. 21-year-old guy, he came up from the row below me, jumped up to my row, gave me a big hug. And as we're cheering, I just looked at him and I said, I'm so happy for you. This is your first real moment as an Islander fan. But this whole generation of the new, new Islander fan, they've got nothing out of that, this franchise, until that night. And that's something that can't be forgotten. So I was so happy, not just for me, and for, I was happy for guys like him who finally got a big moment. And then so much more that it was to Varysley Finnerman. Make a big deal. You will always remember what he did on July 1st, 2018. I'll never for that. But for anything that happened before then, it meant everything to the fan base and to that franchise. And this was his biggest moment when he went to peace mode. That night got us a playoff series victory, and he was great that whole entire series. One other piece that I want to give you from that night. I live in the city, so I took the subway and the bus home. Uh, and as I'm just approaching my stop on the bus, Wearing my jersey, the driver sees me as I'm heading towards the front of the bus, and he says, "Me." He started trying to ask me if I was at the game. I said, "Yeah." And we're talking a little bit. I explained what happened. I just asked him to do me one favor as the, as we approached my stop. I asked him if he honked the horn for me. He looked at me a little confused, but I explained it to him. And then, as we get as I get off the bus, I hear as I'm stepping off, beep, 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 beep. Thanks, Mark, for that really cool story. And thanks to that bus driver for accommodating you by honking the horn like that. I'm sure there's there was some Islanders fan in that vicinity that heard that and also thought that was pretty cool. So that's a neat moment. Um, and yeah, that that was a big a big game and a big moment. And, you know, I, hopefully we can look back on that at one point and remember the greatness for what it was as opposed to uh, what happened a couple of years later. Our number again is 646-980-980. 8857. As long as the game is meaningful to you, that's all that matters. It can be for a hilarious reason. It can be for a heartbreaking reason. It could be for a historic reason. Uh, as long as it is your most memorable Islanders game, that's what the show is all about. And we want to hear about it. 646-980-8857. Uh, our next story comes from Keith. Keith is also a second time caller. And uh, this isn't so much about a game. It's kind of actually kind of funny. He, he almost kind of leaves the game portion of it out, out of it. But the um, the story is about uh, another favorite of ours from a little while ago, Travis Hamanick, and and what he meant to the fan base, and uh, how he reached out and and uh, really made an impact on uh, Keith's life uh, and the life of his son. So uh, let's hear from Keith. Hi, Dan and Mike. This is Keith from Long Island. I would be very remiss if I didn't. Um, mention what was a very memorable Islander uh, game, courtesy of Travis Hamannick. I would say this probably rate as high uh, for me as being there for the Islanders uh, when they won their first cup because it involved my son and the loss of, loss of his mom. I heard that Travis was doing something really, really awesome, that he had, that he had lost a uh, parent, I believe it was his father, at a very young age, and he was trying to reach out to these children, meet with them, speak with them, and uh, treat them to a game. I reached out to the Islanders PR department and explained to them the whole situation, and they sent me tickets to a game. 
This happened about 2014, so he was about 15 or 16 um, when he lost his mom. You know, really, really tough time for, for, you know, for a kid, you know, to lose his mom, lose one of his parents. So he went to the game prior to the uh, one of the periods, I think it was before the game started, we were able to do a high five uh, with the players down by the tunnel as, before they go out onto the ice. After the game, we were again down by the tunnel where they come off the ice, and we were able to do a photo op with Travis. He gave my son an autographed stick, which he still has to this day, of course. And, you know, we spoke with him, told him basically that everything is going to be all right, and I I can't thank Travis enough because it definitely had an effect on him. That was an extremely memorable event, and, again, something that we will never forget. I forgot to mention that the Islanders won that game, so that just was the cherry on the Sunday. Enjoy the show very much. Listen to it all the time and all, all the other podcasts that are on the um, uh, SP Nation. So keep up the great work. You guys are awesome. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thanks, Keith, for that really great story. And, uh, yeah, we can never get enough Travis Hamannick stories around here. We, we love that guy and, and always will. And, uh, you know, w- what a great person. And, and uh, you know, beyond whatever he did on the ice, uh, he's just a, a really a one-of-a-kind player. And uh, we miss him a lot. You know, the Islanders have, have a lot of great guys on the team still. But, man, there's only one Travis Hamannick, that's for sure. Our final story tonight comes from Johnny, who is in Arizona, uh, where the Islanders just were this week. His story comes to us from the first cup year uh, and includes a little bit of uh, premature concourse pandemonium. Uh, you know, there was a pretty tense time <laughs> before the Islanders won that cup. And uh, Johnny really sets the scene. And, uh, you know, it was probably a little bit crazy, but I'll let him tell the story because uh, I can imagine what that was like. So let's hear from Johnny. This is Johnny Caprice. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, my family grew up with Islander tickets since 1972 and uh, I grew up going and watching four Stanley Cups and a number of other great moments but the one I'll start with of course uh, I know it's cliche but it's May 24th 1980 I was in fifth grade and uh, we were at the game and uh, just you know a few anecdotes about that game uh, and and the way it was in the Coliseum that night Uh, Yale Islanders were up I believe they were up four to two going into the third period uh, and the Islanders were a real good defensive team. So, you know, it really looked like we had them locked up. Hockey was a little bit different back then. Uh, you had a, a team down by two goals into the third period. There was a pretty good chance that you could hold them off. But going into the real thin lobbies of the Coliseum into the third period, you have not seen pandemonium. Like, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that were in that, that hallway on each other's shoulders, yelling and screaming, waves of people, uh, you know, intertwining with the lines into the bathroom, into the whole lines of the hot dog stand. And it was just something like you have never seen in your life. Everybody thought we had it in the bag. And the deflation um, of the two goals going, you know, that happened in the third period, uh, it was like a disappointment, and it was, here we go again, um, the start of Islander anxiety, um, because uh, to that point, we had been chokers. We could never win the big one, uh, and uh, it looked like it was going to happen again. Um, 
third period started, the Islanders really, totally honestly, looked like they were kind of skating in mud a little bit as far as I was concerned. Uh, but, uh, you know, Clark Gillies looked a little bit lazy. Looked, everybody looked a little tired. Uh, but then the play happened in a snap and, and, you know, we've seen it a million times with the, with the great pass from, um, Lauren Henning to Tonelli and the, the, the crisscross and, uh, off a nice from stick and, and it happened in, in a flash and a few things that I remember from that. I remember my dad crying and it, it was like nothing. And of course I was, I was in fifth grade. So I was, uh, I was, you know, bawling myself, but my dad was bawling and all the people around us. Black season tickets all were crying and hugging each other. And it is still a feeling like I've never had before in my life. Uh, so uh, hopefully we can get back there again. Uh, but it was uh, just, just I wish Islander fans today could understand. Uh, because that team did have its struggles in a sense, and never could win the big one, it got tortured in the press uh, or sometimes even ignored uh, to, you know, there was a mediocre Ranger team that got a lot more press than the Islanders did, yet the Islanders won the President's Trophy uh, the year before, and the Islanders lost to an overachieving Rangers the year before. Uh, nothing was more devastating to a little kid like that, like me than that loss and, and the win that night. Um, the, the emotion, the mass emotion of uh, 16 thousand people plus close to 17,000 people. I, I tell you honestly, it seemed like it stuffed more people in there. Uh, I, I, it was like nothing. I, I called to, to, to talk about it, but really be honest with you, uh, there, there's no words. There are no words. Uh, and it has kept me following the Islanders ever since, like a, like a drug, uh, all through the hard times in the 90s and, uh, the ownerships and the frauds and the just, the, the good and the bad and the ugly, uh, it, it is really, uh, thank God we're back to where we are. And uh, May 24th, 1980, uh, that's as good of a place to start as any. Thank you, guys. Great show. Thanks, Johnny, for that great story that only a season ticket holder from 72 could possibly tell the rise of this team going from uh, you know nothing to uh, being the Stanley Cup champions and all the Islanders' anxiety in between there uh, is really something cool. And thanks for dropping the name of our other show. Uh, if you want to share your story with us, we need you to because without them, this show cannot exist. The number, once again, you've probably memorized it by now, is 646-980. 8857. You can call at any time, and we want to hear these stories. It could be any Islanders game from any time period, as long as it's meaningful to you for some reason. Please tell us, because that's what this show's all about. Make sure to read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast, including Isles Buzz, PT Isles, My Favorite Islanders Game, Islanders Award Winners, and of course, Islanders Anxiety. Uh, all you guys have to do is subscribe to one of them, and you'll get all of them in your feed every time one pops up. You can also follow us at LH Hockey on Twitter or at LHH Podcasts uh, if you want to get updates on the podcasts that are all coming out. Uh, we will be back next time, but again, we need your calls. So 646-980-8857. Call us today. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.